Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88 on the internet, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show and you are joined by myself, Lawson, and my wonderful, amazing co-host. We have Danuta. Morning, Lawson. Danuta, how are you this morning? Yeah, super good. Super good, super <laughs> smiley and happy. I can see you've got a winter poncho on, you know. I just, have rugged up. It's so chilly out it there this is morning. freezing. freezing. I mean, I know. <laughs> We get on here and say that every day, but it's like today, today is like, is like especially cold. cold. So, guys, you know, be be stoked and be happy. If you're from an area with warm weather, like if you if you're up in Darwin or something right now, where it's like maybe 33, 35 degrees. Congratulations, you, you've you've won because we are we are losing here. In, yeah, yeah, we'll come up your way to Queensland. Yeah, on the way here, and and then maybe there's some people from colder regions who are like, what are these guys complaining about? Because on the way here, I was driving in, and my car has a little you know temperature gauge, and it's like five degrees outside. I'm like, this is so cold. <laughs> um, and then I talked to my friends from the states who are over here, and they're like, that's nothing, you know, in the it's minus fifty degrees and <laughs> this. And that and the other, you but know. they're used to it too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they have like inside central heating. Like I'm living in a bit of a fixer-upper house at the moment. We're doing lots of renovations, and there's no central heating. And it is my room is Freezing. an icebox, especially hey. I'm. I'm upstairs, there's like, the roof is tin, there's barely any insulation. Oh, wow. I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, oh, I have to get out of bed, you know? I'm like, <laughs> I do- like walk around with the quilt around yourself, eh? <laughs> no, I do this thing, I'm like, if I move fast enough, I'll get warm. So I do this thing where I lay in bed and I go, three, two, one. And when by the time I get to one, I like just pull the blanket off and just get out and just army roll into my clothes and oh, jump cool. down the stairs and run to my car and then... You know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, we're living our best lives this morning. Cool. Absolutely. Well, coming up in today's show, we are going to be talking conspiracies. Well, we're going to be talking about the facts. We're going to be seeing, you know, what has been happening, particularly in the area of, well, the, the renewed interest in Jeffrey Epstein and you know, JP Morgan. We're going to be. Yeah, there's looking, lots on that at the moment, isn't there? Looking in these areas and seeing, oh man, what is taking place? You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are going to have our first quiz for today. Which of these is a term David uses to describe God? Is it A, the Lord our maker, B, a great king above all gods, C, the rock of our salvation, or D, all of the above? Mm, absolutely. Hey, if you know the answer to that one, 0491 And today is the day, Danita. We are spinning this wheel. This is your last opportunity to get in for the amazing prize, which is the Revive Cafe Cookbook 8. Let me read some more recipes because I'm just so into this. Mm. Let's read. If you want Italian coconut chickpea hot pot, or Chinese egg, and it's got like a... In quotes. In quotes. <laughs> egg fried rice. Oh, man, this is fantastic. Or if you want to make, uh, let's see, let's see, a BLAT sandwich. Well, I, I mean, like, BLT is usually like bacon, lettuce, tomato, but obviously this is this being plant-based. Yeah. It's, it's doing something different. Uh, or if you want to make stuffed walnut mushrooms, raspberry, beetroot, bliss balls, or turmeric lattes, cauliflower, buffalo wings, that sounds fantastic. Look, you guys want this prize because then it will enable you to make fantastic food, and it also comes with the promise that if you win it, 
at some point in the future, we will try to get to where you live so that you can make a meal for oh, us. Oh, yes. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. 0491-064-669. Do you want to run through those questions, those quizzes again? Okay. Our first one is, which of these is a term David uses to describe God? Is it A, the Lord our maker, B, a great king above all gods, C, the rock of our salvation, or D, all of the above? Mm. Absolutely. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text this morning. Oh, you know what else is just good news? Good news is always good to have. Yeah, I just made sushi at home yesterday. I um, I took one of my friends to a doctor's appointment and then on the way home, we just like stopped into my place and chucked some sushi together. It was so good. You've had a real Asian week this week, haven't you? Well, I think (laughs) something something that's that's interesting about me and my, my, just my background and my life over the last couple couple of years is well for the last two years well 2021-2022 I was working at Newcastle Uni there with the Newcastle Uni Church and you've got a huge Asian population on campus oh beautiful and so basically I went from like for, for two years I basically didn't eat bread like I was just eating, ri- like I'd eat rice for breakfast, yeah. rice for lunch. Like wow. it was, uh, and because I was spending a lot of time with these people and I was working with them as well, it'd be like, oh, it's lunchtime, and we'd all cook food together, and it'd just be, it'd just be rice. Real community time, yeah. wasn't oh, it? it was, Fellowship, it yeah, it was amazing. Like it was so good, and I was exposed to just so much other food that is now part of like my staple diet. I'm not going to sit here and claim that it's any. You've moved from the Aussie diet to the Asian diet. That's right. I- I'm not going to sit here and claim that it's any better. Like I, th- I think. I think, you know, in the past previously, I'd be like, yeah, the food is so much better. It's like, I don't know. I just like it more. It's really easy to make, you know, just to chuck some rice in the rice cooker. Really fresh and healthy too, isn't it? Chop up some some carrots and cucumber and get some seaweed and air fry some tofu and bam, you've got like an epic lunch and you can make so much as well. So (laughs) it, it was awesome. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And speaking of other good things and some other good news, I reported on a story last September there was about a guy wearing an Apple Watch who had been diagnosed because of what the Apple Watch, the, di- the diagnostics of the Apple Watch was given, with um, he was that he was susceptible to sudden cardiac death, which is pretty intense. Essentially, this guy was sleeping with his Apple Watch on, and his Apple Watch detected that like every couple of minutes his heart rate would just cut out for like, like no way, like ten fifteen seconds. He just wouldn't have a heartbeat. And then it would and that was back. always happening, but he just didn't know about it, and the had, Apple Watch picked it up. That's right, and the wow. Apple Watch picked it up. It was an Apple Watch he got for his birthday, and at first he said to his wife, like, this thing's broken. It's telling me I'm, like, going <laughs> to die. And his wife is like, no, no, really. like, Go you and should, check it. You should go and check <laughs> this thing out. And so eventually he went to the doctor, and they're like, oh, you have, like, a, cl- a clotted artery and, like, blocked arteries, and you need, like, you're going to die if you don't sort out this problem. No. So it's an amazing story. Okay. Another one of these stories has come out from actually this, the guy who was having that, you know, potentially susceptible to sudden cardiac death. You know, he was more like middle-aged in his 40s, 50s, that kind of thing. Now, this is a woman who's actually 29 years old. Her name is Kimmy. And Kimmy recently, she bought an Apple Watch and was sleeping with it. And whether it's out, like I have a Samsung watch, you know, a lot of these watches, they are set up to do um, sleep monitoring. So mm, you go are. to bed and you chuck your watch on and yep. it just shows, you know, how well you slept and, you know, what stages of sleep you're in and it, and it determines that by your heart rate. And you've got to hope people aren't texting you 
you and going and waking you up every time. Yeah, eh? that's right. You need to put it on do not disturb mode. I never wear my watch to bed. It's just it's not. I just put my watch Same. on the charger. It's just not something that I'm particularly interested. But now re- after reading these stories, I'm to. like maybe I just need to do like a solid couple of weeks to make sure I'm not going to die of sudden cardiac <laughs> death. But um, this woman, she's from Ohio, and she was diagnosed with pulmonary embolism, which I'm going to get into a little bit what that means, but. Anyway, she buys this watch and she's, she starts wearing it to bed. And, you know, she's actually been wearing it for quite a while. But then a couple nights in a row, she's like waking up to her watch beating because she's in bed asleep with a heart rate of 178 beats per minute. Like, no way, that's danger zone. Like, that, so 178 beats per minute is like, last year I did a triathlon, and for the majority of the triathlon, you know, I tried to keep my heart rate around 150, but then I got fatigued, and I'm like, okay, I need to do a sprint finish, you know? It's like, I'm finishing my run leg, there's the finish line of like, picked up my legs, and I crossed the line with probably 100 and... 100 and 80, 190, something like oh. that. It, that's the heart rate range. It's like I'm sprint finishing a triathlon that I've just spent an hour and a half doing. This woman is in bed asleep with this heart rate. I've never heard of anything quite quite so hot. Like, no, never, especially when they're asleep too. And she's just asleep and then she wakes up and her watch is like, beep, 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 like, like really like, hey, you Setting need, off an alarm. <laughs> you need to wake up. It's like how has this woman gone from sleeping? Because, you know, it'll – like detect when you're asleep. It's like, how has this woman gone from sleeping to running a marathon? <laughs> Anyways, so then she goes to the, the uh, she goes to the doctor the next day, and they diagnose her with pulmonary embolism. Now, I was like, oh, okay, that sounds pretty intense, but you know, her heart rate's really high while she's sleeping. So, what is it? It occurs when a blood clot gets stuck in an artery in the lung and blocks blood flow to a part of the lung. So it's like, okay, that sounds pretty intense. Mm. And the condition has a 50% fatality rate. 50%. There 50% you go. of people who How have this that? condition die. And this lady was, you know, because then they, they found this, they have started putting her through, through treatment and whatnot, and she'll come out the other side. The reason uh, that people die from this is because it's undiagnosed and it's undetected. Yeah. Uh, but this woman, she's been able to detect it and sort it out, and her life has literally been saved through an Apple Watch. That Unbelievable. Hey, I think everyone's going to go out and buy Apple Watches yeah, now with well, these stories. <laughs> again, whether it's Apple or Samsung or Fitbit or yeah. Garmin or whatever it may be, I'm like so impressed by this and, you know, particularly, yeah, there's all kinds of stories like that and, and stories. But she's of, ever so thankful, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Even stories of people I, you know, like personally, you know, dying in their, like young people dying in their sleep because of some kind of hiccup, you know, whether it be, you know, mm-hmm. a cardiovascular hiccup or um, I, I have a particular friend who passed away last year because he had epilepsy and wow. he had a fit in his sleep and it was just, you know, tragic stuff. You know, I, I think I think back to my friend and shout, shout out Zach, by the way, he's, you know, just a beautiful person and and um, I think when, when it came to his funeral, it was a real celebration of his life even though a young yeah. person had passed away so tragically. But, in, and, you know, it's it's, I think inspiring for us to see that oh you know we're we're hopeful that we will see him again but Mm -hmm. simultaneously it's like man like these kinds of things can be somehow avoided now by just chucking it chucking a a watch watch. (laughs) and so then i think like it's like for the average person you or me it's like oh we don't have any history of this but in these cases like this that could be really helpful but maybe whether it's a history of sleep apnea whether it's a history of you know epilepsy you know during sleep these kinds of things that could potentially have these really fatal effects um 
we have now the ability to to subvert that by chucking a watch on. So I'm like, yeah, this might be a really good thing. <laughs> this might be. It sounds like a fantastic thing. So hey, hey, let us know what you think. If you're wearing a watch and you're monitoring your, you know, your life during your sleep, hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our next quiz. Our next one. And who was the priest of Bethel during the time of Amos? <clears throat> wow. Who was the priest of Bethel during the time of Amos? Amazing question there. We are going to give you an opportunity to get in for that. If you give us a call on the number 0491-064-669, if you know the answer to that one, you will go into the draw to win the Revive Cafe Cookbook 8. Hey, again, that number 0491-064-669. Can you get that question for us again? Mm, Who was the priest of Bethel during the time of Amos? Absolutely, guys. These are your final opportunities to get Get in. So again, that number is 0491-064-669. All right, Danuna, what's happening in the world of news in oh. around the world? Well, the whole Jeffrey Epstein oh, saga yeah. still, okay. that has really come up in the last few days again, mm. hasn't it? And I know it's caught your attention as well, Lawson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were yeah. talking about it a lot yesterday. Mm-hmm. So Jeffrey Epstein, of course, was... Um, Convicted with um, loads of sex trafficking charges at the mm. time um, back in 2019, um, and he was accused of running a vast network network of underage girls mm. for sex. Mm. He was um, he was arrested in 2019, and then mm. he of course took his life as well before he was yeah. able to be taken to trial. And um, where where those who um, had been trafficked, um, yeah, couldn't actually have their say say with that or, or take it all to court and, and bring it um, yeah. to fruition. And so, mm. yeah, I mean, the thing is that they've actually found that there's been um, a lot of um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for failures mm. um, within the within the jail system. Yeah. Um, which I know you were saying, oh, is it really failures or, or, or did they let go? Yeah. And they found like about 13 employees failed in their actual duties. Yeah. Um, that there were extra sheets left, that the, that the cameras weren't working on yeah. the night that he took his life. Whole range of things. I, I, I can see you're busting to say something. Oh, Go for it. <laughs> I think the important thing with the Epstein story is that the he obviously he was this terrible sex trafficker and you know Epstein Island and all these awful mm. things but simultaneously he had really he was he was he was a banker and an investor mm. and he had huge like major connections high up connections that linked him to to presidents and yep. celebrities and all of these different things and uh and there was accusations going on as to his his involvement in this as obviously like he's a sex trafficker but again doing sex trafficking, like being the person to do that for these high up people. And so it was a really grand conspiracy when it took place. And well, as soon as he went to jail, a lot of people were eagle eyed as to like, what's 
what's going to happen as yep. a result of this. And then all of a sudden he just commits suicide. Yeah. Like he's just like gone. Just all of a sudden. Like I remember everyone was just like shocked. Hang on. Like, yeah. excuse me? Yeah. Like, like again, because this was a landmark arrest and a landmark case and it's, you know, weeding out corruption in high levels of politics in the US. And, and he'd actually been arrested years before too, mm. but then he was let, let off. And so there's these extra years where yeah. he was able to continue the sex trafficking. Absolutely. And high profile people. And of course, you know, Prince Andrew is one of the key ones that they've spoken about. Yeah, and you know, like their partner Ghislaine Maxwell and their Mm. involvement in it. And but particularly with Epstein's suicide, uh, the well, the colloquial saying at the time amongst young people was (laughs) Epstein didn't kill himself. Everyone was just like, nah, because again, so thirteen people. This is because this is the investigations come out Mm. now that thirteen people for Epstein to to can. To produce the conditions that uh, that he would be able to commit suicide, thirteen people had to be doing the wrong thing. You know, whether it was guards, you know, in the wrong place at mm-hmm. the wrong time. You know, again, leaving more sheets, the cameras being off, uh, just not like, being monitored continually, a, a knowing l- that he's one of the key people. Yeah, a level of negligence that a, you know a high level prison like this has basically never seen. Ever. Mm, ever and and yet it would take place on the day when one of the most important arrests maybe in the 21st century in regards to corruption has taken place so it was a really telling as to oh man who is who is pulling the strings here well something's going on i think that was the thing it's like something is happening here but again the question is why yeah, but yeah and uh, this story has developed and blown up and into ha- it has blown recently. up into more because then we've got jp morgan which is one of the leading banks in new york mm. being fined for four million dollars for deleting 40 Seven million emails mm. um, that were requested for subpoenas, and of course, a lot of those emails, like related to this whole case with mm. Jeffrey Epstein, and um, how can forty-seven million emails, Lawson, be deleted all at once? Mm. Um, and it actually related to about seven, um, belonging to about seven thousand five hundred employees. Like, what, what are your thoughts? Like, because I just think, like, how can you get into so many and so many be deleted at once? Once um, with with this retail banking and um, and and they were key emails that would need to be um, mm. you know brought forward for the subpoenas. Yeah, it was relating to this case and corruption and it, a lot of the emails, like from the initial kind of look that was had or from what was understood of the contents of the email again linked the the ceo of jp morgan chase to epstein and and then it's like oh yep so we need those to investigate and then they just disappear now four million dollars is a nothing fine nothing because you might be thinking like oh how can emails just disappear you know once you put something online it's there forever like if you delete email like mail out of your gmail Google would be able to produce those again. But for these companies, they have their own private email service. Mm. So they do have the ability to just wholesale get rid of this stuff. And again, 47 million. Mm. The subpoenas come in and it's like, whoops, we accidentally deleted. Just pressed one button. Seven deleted <laughs> emails. Again, with JP Morgan being the bank that it is and the position that it is, like it's not just linked to Jeffrey Epstein, but also to government as well. And this is the big thing. It's the Jeffrey Epstein, it's the banks, and it's the government tie that is really the 
focus of this case and really the focus of Jeffrey Epstein, again, being so high up in the business world and in the banking world and in the investment world, mm. like you automatically have those ties. And, and we see, you know, all the photos come out and he's like shaking hands with Joe Biden and Barack Obama and Donald Trump and Bill Clinton and all these, you know, he's, this person is a, he's a man of incredible influence. Incredible influence. And well, yeah. that enabled him to be one of the most prolific, you know, personal sex traffickers or high level sex traffickers in the world. But now it's now when the when the the hammers you know being brought down on this whole operation, they're like they're getting fined four million dollars. But I'm like, wh- why aren't they arresting anyone for you know the obstruction of justice here? Like, absolutely. Even, Where is the justice? Even yeah. more so, and four yeah. million dollars to J.P. Morgan Chase, like, <laughs> like that's yeah. What, uh, what's that to them? Yeah. And here's the thing too that the CEO Jamie Dimon may have actually mm. personally ordered a bank the bank to actually have back in 2019 mm. what's called a project Jeep mm. um, to um, a review into the client and relationship with Jeffrey Epstein and so hence hence why they're thinking that it's sort of all related to around that that whole project Jeep where um, you know was it was it actually ordered particularly at that time. So that these emails could possibly be deleted, who knows, you know, but yeah, there, there's a lot of conspiracy behind it, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. But I think like what this has shown us, you know, I'm personally, I think that, uh, sometimes we can go too far down the rabbit hole and there are conspiracy, like people, I know people who wrap their whole life up in conspiracy mm. theories. Um, and I, I think that they are, movements high up and then you know maybe we, we would get people text in we get people texting here all the time you know new world order and all of these things that i i think i think it, this is true but often we get led down rabbit holes that don't really come to anything and it's like oh, where what is really happening behind the scenes and this is a moment where the curtains are lifted up and it's like wow there is some just real debauchery in the world and particularly amongst high level officials mm-hmm. and whatnot and i think it just goes to inform us that Power ultimately corrupts. The Bible is pretty clear. Like, God is the mm. only one who can possess power like this without it corrupting. And not power in the way that we understand it of being forceful in things. Yep. Exactly. Well, he's not. Well, Mm-mm. because he has the authority over all things, but because of his character and his loving kindness, he will never corrupt in this way, which we're, which we're unfortunately seeing as the Jeffrey Epstein case continues. So interesting stuff there. If you've got any thoughts, 0491 You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're going to have our next quiz. Avoid foolish blank, so fill that word in, avoid foolish blank and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law for they are unprofitable and vain. Oh, where wow. is that found? Okay, if you know where that. Oh, sorry, verse... what's the what's the word you've got to put in there? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. What is that blank? I was looking at the answer already. Yeah. <laughs> Avoid foolish blank and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. So, what's the word to put in there? Absolutely, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you're going to the draw for the um. Amazing Revive Cafe Cookbook, Volume 8, again, 0491-064-669. We have now come to the time of the day where we do an interview, and in our studio this morning, we have none other than Kevin Amos. Kevin, how are you going? Morning. 
Happy to be here. Absolutely. How far are you away from this area? Um, Kurumbong, half an hour. Ah, okay. Just up on the freeway, <laughs> up to the old Curry Curry, living our best lives up here in, in the country, in the rural areas. Uh, well, we are so stoked to have you on to continue talking about, well, essentially the first circumnavigation of Australia by car. Yes, just on 98 years ago was the first time a vehicle was driven totally around the outside of Australia and the gentlemen who did it were a couple of young guys, 22, 23, and um, the um, motivation to do this was to actually travel to the northern part of Western Australia Mm. to sell biblical books and to collect money for charity. Mm. And on their trip from Perth through to Darwin, they experienced a number of amazing challenges. Mm. Uh, last time, a couple of weeks ago, when we did a chat, they, um, in Halls Creek, stripped a gearbox cog, mm. which they had to pull out, fix up, and put back in again. But from Halls Creek onwards, they came across another incredible challenge, flat punctured tyres. Yeah. I hope they had some good spares. (laughs) Uh, They carried three spare tyres, but the problem was fixing the tubes. Now, they had a repair kit Uh with a number of stick-on patches, but as they got further up into the tropics, the glue didn't stick as well. Uh Or the heat, you know, made it soft and come undone. Uh But eventually they ran out of patches. Mm -hmm. And that's when they started to become very creative. Mm. For instance, they had no more patches, front tyres punctured. So they got out and filled the the tyre itself with Mm. grass and gum leaves. Wow. Now, how would they f- – tell me, how would they- – that, that's fascinating, like, that's, that's real lateral thinking. That's yeah. real lateral thinking, Kevin. How would they fill it with grass? Because you'd have to make a pretty big hole to get that stuff in no, there. No, no, you, well, you, you just pull you, the tyre off. You flip the tyre off oh, on one okay, side. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. the ch- – because you were talking tube. about the tube. I'm thinking about the tube, right? No, no, okay, no, it's gotcha, the tyre. The tyre, yeah. nice. So they okay. pull it off on one side, you stuff it as much as you can with – grass and gum leaves uh-huh. and then you put the tube back on now it runs but it's fairly flat you yeah. know it's not pumped up sort of stuff mm-hmm. and then when they had the next front tire puncher they then had to do the same for that <laughs> but the problem was as the gum leaves and grass goes round and round it compacts yeah and eventually they just drove with the tyres flat, and mm. when they recognised they couldn't go any further, they abandoned the car and walked six miles to the next station to wow. get help. true. Now, they got there after dark. In fact, the farmer had actually gone to bed. Anyway, they woke him up. <clears throat> he welcomed them, and next morning he drove back um, to the vehicle, and um, they were able to tow it uh, up to his station. Mm. Now, he had no patches, but he knew of a station 40 miles further on where there probably would be some patches. Mm -hmm. So 
they borrowed two horses and rode overnight 60 kilometres in the dark, arriving at breakfast to discover that, yes, the station Victoria Downs did have patches, but they were in the car and the car had gone to Darwin. So sorry, we don't have any either. Oh, Oh, no way. After all that distance. So what did they do? He was able to um, discover that they had a vulcanising apparatus at that station. Uh-huh. Do you know what a vulcanise? I, I am lost. Okay. <laughs> a vulcanising thing is a piece of rubber is put into a metal tray mm-hmm. and a heat-burning material is placed on top and you clamp that down on the tyre and then you light the heat-burning material and it cooks the rubber onto the tube. True. Wow. So it then blend or, or um, fully is connected to the actual tube. Mm. Now, he had no um, experience in operating this, so he said, I took all day experimenting, mm. and just as the evening dinner bell rang, I had my first success. Wow. <laughs> wow, beauty. So the following day, he was able to patch three tubes that they were at that station plus one of his own they then took their horses the following day all the way back Uh to the car put them in and proceeded on towards darwin however that did not solve their problem because having run the car with flat tyres the tyre walls had cracked and now started pinching the tubes. Oh, like, no way. <laughs> tubes? So I, I I come from a background. I used to race motorbikes and pinching tubes and just tubes in general. Like, I was, I, I when I was a bit older, I, I got on the road bikes and all tubeless. It was, like, the best thing ever because tubes are just the worst. Tubes are just oh, – and now riding bicycles as well. Tubes are just awful. I couldn't imagine, though, your car – Halting because oh, of, of all of that, but I'm pinching just, the tubes. That's it, eh? But you know yeah. what I'm also thinking? Did they ever stop to think maybe we should have stayed with horses and not had a car? <laughs> well, he had originally in his um, uh, what would you call it? first uh, time going out um, selling books, he had ridden a push bike. Mm. He had bought a motorbike. At times, he said, "I travelled by horse." by camel and by camel cart. Wow. <laughs> so now he had progressed up to a car. Yeah. And uh, But you see, the problem was they were, they were in an area, there was no roads. Mm. They, they were trying to get through to Darwin. In fact, they became the first um, car, the drivers of the first car to drive from Perth through mm. to Darwin. Wow. And it sounds like they would have been, like you're saying, there was no road. So they were going through bush and everything. So they were making the road yep. and themselves. You know, sticks and stones and stuff like that. That's what was causing all the punches. In mm. fact, in one place they said a farmer had killed a cow that morning. So we got hold of the cow hide, cut it up and stuffed the front tyres with a cow hide. Like no <laughs> way. So it actually worked very well for the first um, 45, 50 kilometres until the heat friction cooked the cow hide and the tyres pop right off. Wow. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't buckled the rims by this point. They're, they're really struggling with this situation. Well, they finally reached um, Catherine, as we would call it today, mm. and recognised they were really in trouble, so they caught the train 200 miles up to Darwin and they went looking for tyres uh-huh. and tubes. Uh-huh. And we're quite fortunate to be able to find some Mm-hmm. which then um, they fitted on the car two weeks later and kept on going. Wow. But their experience in Darwin is actually quite amazing. Um, because it was now known that they were the drivers of the first vehicle, they meet the mayor and his wife, they met the governor of the territory. Um, they were quite celebrities, um, being invited to talk and, and share on the um, in the newspapers on what? the beauty of having a car that's constantly <laughs> needing tyres changed. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they went to the botanical gardens. They met some people. They, a a uh, German, uh, what would you call it, luxury liner came into town, and they wow. had a look over that. So yeah, they they certainly enjoyed the experience. And at the same time, they were able to canvas the whole of Darwin with the book that they were selling Mm. and to collect money for the charity that they were collecting for. So Mm. they they felt it was quite a successful um, adventure and uh, they they felt they had good success in what they had achieved at that point. They would have had to have a, a lot of determination and a grit in them, I reckon, to, to do that. And, and, um, and passion for, for wanting to be there in selling the books and the charity and getting the mm. money for the charity. Like, that, that was their goal, wasn't it? And they didn't want to sway from it in any kind of way. Yeah, and in their determination, um, you know, particularly in the next part of the journey, once they got back to Catherine and headed off across the Northern Territory, um, as I said before, the challenge now was quite different. It was sand with no reference points. Wow. Mm. And um, they thought initially they'd got themselves lost. You know, you just keep heading east. And they came across the burnt-out remains of a car, so they knew someone else had been driving in that direction. But then they came across the, the overland telegraph or telephone wire. Mm. At that time, a um, government had set, uh, set up a single telephone wire from Adelaide to Darwin. Wow, <laughs> there you go. Nothing like these mobile phones of today. That is incredible. And they recognised that it went north to Darwin and south to Adelaide. So if we follow the telegraph wires down, we will come across civilization. Oh, how smart. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> and they did. They came across the Daily Waters Station. Mm-hmm. Which was where- situated where? Um, in Northern Territory yeah. on the Telegraph Wire. Right. <laughs> oh, nice. And spent their time there and then headed off east again, getting across the sand dunes until they eventually crossed into Queensland. Wow. And from Queensland, this now becomes the, the speed up of the trip. Um, they were able to do the two and a half thousand kilometers from the border to Brisbane in four and a half days. Oh, wow. That's. Now, wow. when you recognise the car has a top speed of 50 kilometres an hour... Oh, wow. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> they they literally were driving day and night, night and day, um, chugging along, mm. and you know they they now had good tyres and tubes, so it wasn't an issue. Uh. And eventually got right through to Toowoomba, and they went to the local Citroen dealer and asked if he could service the car, which he did. And oh man, I would imagine him looking <laughs> over this vehicle, just like, where have you guys? Be <laughs> like, oh, we came from Western Australia through Darwin. Like, that's it. Oh, yeah. wow. And um, he very generously not only serviced the car, but he also filled it up with petrol and wow. charged nothing. Oh, <laughs> what a heart for them, hey? Wow, he must have felt really sorry for them, amazing. I reckon. <laughs> oh, like, uh, you know, what I see in this story is that these young people are uh, endeavouring to share God's word, to share the gospel, and mm. at every single challenge that they've faced, they've met, been met with charity from just randoms. Yeah. Mm. And in his letters home to his mother and his sister, he, he keeps on repeating the uh, generous and kind people on the stations and the people that looked after them, you know, mm. and gave them a meal and a bed for the night and... Um, yeah, he mentions them by name. Um, some of the folks he knew, others were total strangers. Mm. Um, but I discovered this week as I was doing some more research that the following year he actually was able to get hold of another um, vehicle, mm. this time a six-cylinder Essex, and he did the trip from Sydney right back round up through Darwin, Perth and back again in the reverse order, mm. but this time he took a nurse with him who was trained in dentistry, and as they travelled, they were able to do dental care work wow. for many of the isolated homesteads mm. around the top. In fact, that's incredible. They record that they extracted over 1,000 teeth. Wow. And came across people who had lived in isolation for 18 to 20 years. True. And they were the first people that had provided any sort of medical or dental care. Mm. And they're surviving. That's amazing. And they're living in the sta- on these stations in the bush. Mm-hmm. And uh, the crazy thing is he said, I went into Alice Springs. Not a real big place. Mm. One store, one police station six or eight houses, and about 150 people. Mm. Now, if you look at um, Alice Springs today, it certainly isn't anything like that. But that's what it was like in 1925, and they spent a couple of weeks there and then pulled out of there um, the mailbags to take them through to Darwin on behalf of the post office. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So now they're even getting some work to do, you know, contributing. That's This is amazing. We're going to have to finish up the story here, Kevin, but oh, this is just fantastic to hear the way that God has been able to work. And again, we're thinking of a story 100 years ago that went on to affect, I think, so many lives. And there would be lineages of people that you could speak to and say, yeah, it was my great-grandfather who interacted with these guys and, and mm. now, you know, became followers of God today when he met them in Darwin or in South Australia or in Queensland, whatever it may be. Incredible. 
incredible stuff. We're going to continue continue on with the show. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.